going through some old clippings, uh, ran across uh, AWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Bockwinkle actually came in uh, and defended against a superstar. Uh, that wasn't – you kind of always got cheated out of that one, but I saw this um, this run. Uh, you actually got the title. You talked about working with him. What were your memories? Oh, he was a hell of a worker and a hell of a guy. So, I mean, it, it, it was just – it was a pleasure to, to go to the ring with Nick. I mean, he was a gentleman. His interviews, you heard him talk. I mean, he never – he was very smart, intelligent man, so I was just tickled to death to get to be in the ring with him, the AWA champion. I thought maybe if I win this, I'll be the first AWA <laughs> world champion in Memphis, but it never happened. Mr. Bockwinkle won. Uh, also, it was a, a newspaper clipping from, uh, I think, Lexington. Uh, I guess I always just focused in on Memphis, didn't know that he, he'd work the whole loop. but uh, Yeah, he'd do the loop. So he was a, a fighting champion. He'd go to the small towns, huh? Yeah, some yeah. champions, you know, won't go to the small towns. They only work Memphis. <laughs> yeah, but but in Memphis, but the college made it. Yeah, the college kids come out, so they they would you know that big college up there, so they would come support the wrestling. So it was good, and I like I said, I enjoyed working with the man. He was a hell of a wrestler and hell of a guy. Hey, Bill, we were going back through and watching. Uh, on TV, Channel 5, live on a Saturday morning, the fans got to see Jerry the King Lawler, Bill Superstar Dundee, take on Flex Cavana and Bart Sawyer. That was, uh, nobody knew what was to, to come for that guy. Oh, I'm telling you now, Flex Cavana, <laughs> that's Rocky Johnson's boy, so I don't know why they didn't. Well, I know why they didn't. They just do that back in the good old days. They don't want to you know, mix it up with your dad. So they called him Flex Cabana. I thought he was Mexican. But anyway, that's another story. But turned into the biggest movie star in the world, and he, Dwayne Johnson. So Dwayne the Rock Johnson, so what can you say? I mean... How did you, uh, y'all, when y'all worked your angle with uh, him and Bart Sawyer in the tag team, uh, that was to do a little training. I know he was down on WWF at the time's uh, right. uh, training program, first development um, contract with uh, wrestling in Memphis, and y'all just worked a program out that was yeah. pretty pretty big step for him to jump right into uh, Superstar and the King. Right, but I mean, the kid had talent and so did Bart Sawyer, so I mean, it wasn't like there weren't maybe no household names around here, but they'd been around and they could work and Flex was, st- or The Rock was just starting. So he enjoyed it, we enjoyed it, and we all made a few dollars. And Now, uh, I guess it all uh, connects somehow, but uh, you and his father, Rocky Johnson, of course, were tag team champions. Right. And uh, I guess little Flex or The Rock or Dwayne, uh, you were used to him running around the yard with Jamie and playing as yeah, 18-year-old kids. Yeah, but when they were just babies, you know, little guys... We'd try to get into the fight, but they would never fight. But that's another story. So anyway, you know how it is. Wrestlers try to do funny things. But I've told you the story on the motorcycle before where Dwayne and all them was over there and Rocky bought this motorcycle and he got on it and he was riding around the, my, by the field out there and he was riding around the field. So Dwayne comes out and he, he says, what, tell your dad to get, we got to get your dad off that motorcycle. He said he don't know how to stop it. <laughs> that first time he ever been on one, he oh. just cranked it up, got on it, took off and off he went. Kept he going. Wave as he went by, like big shots, right? Yeah. And anyway, we pulled over, but anyway, we got him stopped and got him off. We went in to eat lunch, but then it was funny. Dwayne said he doesn't know how to stop it. Got him off. All right. Bill seems like a um, well-known wrestler, Rocky Johnson, we all know who his son ended up being, a big movie star. Uh, seems like your your families had crossed paths and hung out together and truly right. had a friendship. And yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I think y'all were in Nashville. And 
Yeah, his wife's name's Alice. She's a Simone. Okay. And her father is a bad bastard, Peter Maiva. Absolutely. So anybody that knows who Peter Maiva is. And, and Anna was a tough, for a woman, she was Simone built, bigger type, big frame woman. And she'd fight you too. But that's another story. Rocky was a real nice guy. He was always nice to me. And then Jamie was a little bitty fella, probably eight. And Dwayne was probably the same, seven or eight, probably an inch taller than Jamie because he's a big, big old boy. So we'd try to get him to fight, me and Rocky. We'd, we'd go wrestle one another. And they would never do it. <laughs> so, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. So, come on, come on. But <coughs> So Rocky and Jamie kind of grew up together. And, so you've got the, the biggest box office draw, Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson, <coughs> and Jamie Dundee out there kicking cans and tossing balls and just a normal yeah. childhood. Yeah. Did you, well, uh, never know where, where people end up. Did you, uh, as he grew, and he was a pretty big big kid, did you uh, see him going into wrestling? Oh, yeah, you knew he was going to be a wrestler. I mean, you knew that more than you knew Jamie. Yeah. And eventually, I guess, Flex Cavana is the name you guys put on him. And he and Brian Christopher were against you and Lawler on TV for yeah. first match in Memphis. And uh, Now, he brought that name himself. Okay. So I guess they wanted, they didn't want nothing to do with the Maiva. His right. grandfather was Peter Maiva, big star. His dad was Rocky Johnson, big star. And Dwayne was just starting, so I guess he was trying to make it on his own. So a little distance. He wanted to be Flex Cavana, so he, he came in with that name, Flex okay. Cavana. Well, it worked out okay for him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, just a little bit. But hey, Bill, um, a lot of people say that uh, along with the, the times and the country, that uh, with the racism, that wrestling was... Uh, uh, a spot that there was a, a clearly racism and who got spots and who got to work and got the opportunity and uh, you told me it was actually from a, a business standpoint it wasn't a, from a, a racism standpoint. Well, I don't think it was from a racism, a personal racist thing but I mean the black guys were just starting to get over as, as you know and I hate to say it this way but we only used to bring one in Rocky Johnson, Norvell Austin, Snowman all them guys were in here, but just one at a time. So that made, I guess the word you could say, the novelty. I mean, one black guy and nine white guys, he's different on the card. You know, I mean, and that's all you can say that they were being racist. It's just how it worked. And that's how it had been since 1955. There wasn't too many black people and black guys in the, in the wrestling business to start with. Bill Watts liked them, so he would use a few more black guys in Louisiana because New Orleans, black, Mexican, whatever, you know what I mean? So he figured out, and in Memphis they wouldn't buy a ticket to see 10 black guys. They just wouldn't. But if you had one in here and he got over, like Rocky Johnson got over like the son of a gun, they bought a ticket to see Rocky every Monday. Snowman. He was his own worst enemy, but I mean, there's a lot of guys today the same way. Hey, while, while we're talking about the snowman, can you throw your two cents in on uh, whatever happened with the uh, story is that he, 
he pawned the belt or he sold it to a drug dealer or he disappeared with the belt one way or the other after he beat Lawler. I just, and again, nobody really knows. I mean, if you ask Snowman, he says he didn't do nothing with the belt. He just wasn't coming back to get, drop it to Lawler. But I don't, he still has it. Or he had it two or three years ago because I've seen it. Or, or when he was running around the indie circuit, he had the belt. So he couldn't have pawned it. Well, uh, after winning it, what, how, how did he keep it? I don't know. I never wanted to offer it. No. <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah, it's yours for the time that you're in the territory and you're the champion. Right. You, you cut it with you. You look after it. You polish it or do whatever it is you want to do with it. But it's your belt. And then I guess the program was coming to an end and Lala wanted the belt back. When you want the belt back in the wrestling business, you have to beat the guy. So Snowman didn't want to put Lala over, I imagine. See, I never knew much about that either. I mean, not with Lala and Snowman's deal. So I know Snowman left and took the belt. And it, I don't know. I have no idea how to give it to a drug dealer come into the thing. I, I have no earthly idea what that was about. That was nothing to do with me, and I never got involved in it. Now, a few years later, when when you were booking Watts' Mid-South Territory, you brought Snowman in and did a little business? Or? <laughs> yeah, we did good How business that? with him. He didn't run off with any belts from there? So no, I mean, no, he didn't. I don't think you put one on him, though. <laughs> we didn't put a belt on him, but, I mean, he, he did get over. I mean, he, he had a hell of a body. He wasn't the best worker in the world. But you know, I saw him in the last six months, and he's still big, big guns on him. Yeah, I mean, he had big arms. So I mean, and but he got over in Louisiana, but again, one black guy, and and I don't know why it works like that. If there's four or five black guys on the card, how people they don't ten thousand black people don't show up to see four black guys. If you have the right one black guy, the same four or five thousand will show up. You know what I mean? So it doesn't do nothing to the house having four or five on the show. Now, uh, uh, Kamala is somebody that uh, uh, I know he's been in bad health Shoot the last couple of years. Harris. Yes, sir. Um, he's done shoot interviews and a book and DVD or whatever and uh, something to the effect. And most of it was was geared toward Vince McMahon, but that he uh, because he was black and country from Mississippi that he was treated. Um, quite short on the pay part of it compared to the other guys in, in, in the main events that he, he was right along in there with. Um, but I, I know he did big business here in Memphis, and you did big business with him in Watts' territory. Right. Um, and I never, but I didn't really know what if anybody was taking money off him or whatever the payoff was. I mean, nobody talked about their payoff. With, if I got a thousand dollars for New Orleans, I wasn't telling my opponent or anybody else what I got. Yeah, your and, business was yours, yeah, and nobody else did either. So, all that come out after Kamala kind of retired or lost the leg, the diabetes, and all of the bad things that happened to Kamala. But when he was Kamala, he never said what you got paid or look. You know what I mean? But I don't think. Well, don't really know. I'm just a little white guy, and I'm glad I'm a little white guy. The girls like me, and everybody else like me, and some of the black girls like me. So I was. It didn't hurt me being a little white guy. So I don't know what it is to be a six foot white guy. Never mind a six foot black guy in the wrestling business. But the ones I saw in the right p 
positions. Rodney Johnson, over like the son of a bitch. The Rock, he's the hottest movie star in the world, never mind a wrestling star. So your head or, or your, your how you treat, if you buy a brand new car and you run it 100 miles an hour every day and then you end up hitting a telephone pole with it, that's the end of the car. Your body's the same way. Your wrestling career was the same way. If you run it at 100 miles an hour and doing stupid stuff, you'll burn out. Well, unfortunately, I'm not just. There was a lot of white guys did drugs and alcohol and things that the snowman did, and 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 you know. But if there's just one or two of you, it seems to stand out more. You know, I did silly shit too. I'm not saying I was an angel. I wasn't. I did stupid stuff too. But I was a little white guy, and the girls liked me. So that, no, but you know what I mean. So I, I don't know what it is to be six foot tall of anything. Pink, black, green, blue. I'm five foot seven, white guy, and it worked for me. So would I like to have been six foot six and three hundred pounds? I have no earthly idea because I've seen a lot of them, and then never nothing happened to them in the wrestling business. Well, I tell you what. In the, in the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll just take a, a drive down 55 South and uh, check in on Kamala and get his side of the story. Yes, we will. Old Sugar Bear. I like Sugar Bear. I got along good with him in Louisiana and when we was in here. So yeah, we'll find him. Good and see him. Yeah. Look forward to it in the next couple of weeks. All right, for all you backyard chicken farmers, if you're looking for chicken coops, you call Chicken Partners at telephone three three six. 391-9773 and you'll get 10% off if you tell them the superstar told you to call. Bill, looking back through some uh, match records, looks like uh, for a short run in 1980, it was actually you and Jackie Fargo against Lawler and Jimmy Valiant. It must have been down when we needed Fargo back. No. <laughs> Where do you go for a partner when you've had Lawler for 15 years before that? You can't go out and get Jumping Jack Flash. You have to have somebody the same caliber type thing. Then Handsome Jimmy came in to over like a, like a steam train. And so who else could you get? The fabulous one, Jack of Fargo. So. All, all made sense. Yeah, that that that's the difference between then and now. It made sense. So sometimes I would say, "Call Fargo." Said, okay, so I call Fargo. Jackie, we need you in Memphis Monday night. Oh, oh man, I thought that he would give a whole hundred reasons why he couldn't be be there, and that wasn't, wouldn't miss it for anything in the world. Yeah, wouldn't miss it. Then so one time he said, "It'll happen to you. You'll get to the age where you don't want to climb through them ropes." He said, "And I'm there." I said, Fargo, we need you. So I sometimes drive around to his house and <laughs> please. <laughs> so off we'd go to Memphis. But that day, I can think now, at the age I am now, and he may have been even a little bit younger, but thinking, I don't really want to go. But here's the other thing. I wasn't getting to go to work with Lawler and Dundee like he was... Right. The caliber of the guys that I'm climbing through the rip is not, you know what I mean? Um, working now, a lot of challenges. Um, 
Where do you see it all going? It's already there. To hell in the handbasket. They will ever be back. If Channel 5 called up Jerry Jarrett and said, Be TV Saturday morning, bring a crew with you, he couldn't do it. There's no crew. He would show up with two old men, three counting him. So there would be Lawler, Dundee, and Jerry Jarrett. And what you do with the rest that actually did anything in Memphis, there's none. Handsome Jimmy Rick, you could maybe get him out of the Virginias. Who knows? You could call him up and get him in, but we'd be all old men. As Kevin Lawler made that statement one time, and there's another idiot, but that's another, that's another kettle of fish. Um, so uh, even you guys uh, at the helm of the ship don't think that you could recreate or develop or grow these guys along? Look, look at that board over there. Hmm. What do you see on there? A lot of history. A lot of history. And they all look like restless. Yes, they do. Um, look at that picture of that battle. Right, look at the man in it. There, there, there's just, there's no talent. And it's not really their fault. There's no place to go. And somebody has to show you what, you know what I mean? Like that picture right there, that pretty young lady, Danica Packner. Somebody had to show her how to drive a race car. She may have the talent once they show, showed you, they brought it out and she could drive the car. Same with our business. Somebody has to tell it to you. And the younger ki kids today, because they, they watch well, Vince, they don't want to learn what we did. Uh, are you telling me they're not listening? Are you telling me that you guys aren't taking the time to talk to them? Well, after they think you're just a silly old man, why would you go waste your breath? You know what I mean? It's, I know what they say about me and Lawler. Hell, Lawler's boy says it. What's his name? Where's he been? Nowhere, Kevin Lawler. He says we're old silly old man washed up. Well, when we're on the car, it draws more than him and all his yahoos. So, I mean, am I pissed off at him? Yes, I am. And if I ever see him in the dressing room, he may get an interview. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Well, uh, getting back to 1980. Uh, right. There's a uh, run here with you against uh, Gypsy Joe. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> Whew, miss. Uh, Lay it in, brother. Yeah, I got you. Lay it in. Well, he's, uh, and that seems to be a reoccurring story about his, his working style, but uh, he sure lasted a long time. Yes, he did, and was a tough individual. I mean, but and I don't know. There's no need to chop that that hard. But who, oh God? But he, hey, he wanted to believe it. He wanted that, the fan uh, sitting yeah, ringside. Yes, to, he did. You believed it that uh, what, <laughs> the sound it made when it hit you on the chest. Um, so and he was another tough dude when he went to Puerto Rico. Rico in Japan, he whooped all them boys over there. So I mean, he he, he was the real deal. Um, do you, do you think with um, we mentioned Fargo at that time? Did you and Lawler and those guys when he came in, y'all had respect and y'all y'all gave him the proper place right. of hey y'all were calling him for sure to show up to. Yeah. Make some magic and spark you guys back up or right. spark the crowd back up. Yeah, 
and you knew people would buy a ticket to see him. So, do you have a different appreciation for the guys before you than the guys after you have for your generation? Yeah, and, and, and you, you hate to keep knocking the younger guys, but it's true. They all think they've invented the wheel. And wrestling been around for a hundred years before they come along, and we were selling that on Monday nights. There ain't a, a Yahoo running around Memphis has been on a sellout in Memphis. Not one except me and Lawler living in this town. I agree, but uh, I only reason that I, I give them a little slack off a little bit is what the hell are they supposed to do, Bill? They don't have that outlet. They don't have the TV. Right, they don't have no the TV. structure. I agree with you. They can't do anything but show up in the one little gym once a month and right and do the best they can and have and a bad the, attitude to go with it. But right. And the sad thing about this business is it becomes a, a, like a drug. It's like a disease. You get bit by the wrestling bug and you want to be a wrestler. Where do you go? There's no place to go. I came halfway around the world for the same reason. Wow. Bobby Shane said, you all need to go to Memphis, Tennessee. Nick Gullis, Bobby Shane. Yeah, yeah. That's how it all happened. He said, let you talk to Jerry Jarrett. So he called Jarrett. Mrs. Jarrett got on the phone, got the, all the names, got the paperwork started, and here we are. 50 uh, years later. Speaking of that, uh, we came across a, a, a sort of a treasure, the uh, original reel-to-reel tape that you sent from Australia. Yeah. Uh, some, I guess in 74. There the it Goulas. is right there. And uh, uh, that, that's a piece of history right there. We, we're going to try to work it into uh, we flipping it to some to kind of, people. yeah, we're going to uh, put yeah, that in he, some he, kind he of form that we can see. Yeah. Um, do you have any memories of, of your highlights, what, what they would have included, just showing your... Uh, yeah, I have one especially. <laughs> George is all laid back, lies the chair, Mr. Big Shot, and I'm standing there looking tough, trying to be the best again. Lance did this with the microphone, and I never said a word. Froze. And that's quite funny. Be on the tape a little bit, but then George said, you going to say anything? What? <laughs> so he stood up and kind of was mad at me, looking at me, and he made the interview. Now, before coming to Memphis, you had you'd worked 10, 12 years. Right. Uh, two, but, three nights a week. I mean, times a night. Yeah. Um, but nobody got to say nothing. No, no interview time. Not Nothing. Showed up in Memphis. Just not showed a, up, got your ass kicked up. On so any TV, TV that you would have been involved in with Barnett, Yeah. you were going out there doing your job and going back to dressing room. Getting it, putting everybody over, like Thunderbolt, Pat, Pat Patterson, Ray Stevens, Mark Lewin, Ken Curtis, Nate names that the kids haven't heard of today but they were all big stars back in the day and George and I would take all kinds of bumps for them so they would take bookies for them too. Why wouldn't they? Now uh, you, you said before when you first got to Memphis uh, you were stumbling and bumbling and you yeah. had to sit back and figure it out uh, I think you figured it out Right uh, but we had a lot of help and his name's Jip Jerry Jarrett, he kind of, well, he did it with Lawler, too. Lawler was hand-picked to be what Lawler is. Barnes and Dundee was, got to the, when he, Lawler and him fell out and left. So I don't know if Jarrett was saying to himself, well, Jerry Lawler, you may went off the pencil, 
coat. Well, I'll show you it can be done with anybody. So he took me and George and pushed the hell, hell out of it. And by the time Lawler came back, we were big stars in Memphis. Uh, so maybe bring people back in line and right. appreciate where you are. Exactly right. And I've always kind of been like that. I mean, for a little bitty fella in this business, I, I did pretty good. Made number 10 on... Vince McMahon lose and leave town match, right? Yeah. That should be number one. Because <laughs> no, I guarantee you there's not nine matches better than me and Lawler. Uh, one of your uh, more favorite tag team partners is Buddy Landale. Uh, one of my favorite people. And I guess friends and traveling companions and kind of oh. worked out the whole nine yards. <laughs> Do you remember... Uh, when y'all first were, uh, when he first came around, and how you took to him or didn't take to him, or when you first meet Budro, it's hard to take. But he's a kind of like Dusty; he has his own personality. I mean, you can when Dusty's talking and doing his thing, take me all about Dusty, but he says it nicer than Buddy. But he says, "Well, you can't work. I'm a far better worker than you. That you know that." Kind of thing does does it more politically. So, but I like I like Buddy right off the bat. Now you were uh, swapping out doing trading booking duties about the time he would have started coming up the ranks. And yeah, I know I grew up watching him and watches Mid South on the bottom part of the card with black hair. He had black hair. Right. Um, and then he became the Nature Boy and dyed it blonde. And here we are. So did you uh, have any uh, hand in in bringing? Up to the card, giving him a shot. Oh yeah, to and I took took him to Louisiana. That was the mm-hmm. idea. That I mean, I took him down there, and he had already been there with that black hair. Mm-hmm. So losing every match. Right. So I took him back, and he's a hell of a talent. Absolutely. Could could talk, could work, but just demons. And maybe not so much demons. That this is explained how Buddy saw life. He picked me up in Hendersonville one month, and we were coming to Memphis. We're in his LTD. He drove it probably seventy miles an hour tops on the interstate. We hit Summer Avenue. And I swear to God, I looked at the speedometer, he was doing 103. I said, buddy, what the fuck are you doing, man? He said, that's how they expect us to drive here. I said, who? He said, the marks. That's, and, and he was deadly serious. I said, well, okay, the police, I hope he's a buddy and Bill fan and we're going to jail. So... 70 up on the interstate as fast as the friggin' th- thing would go going up Summer Avenue. But we made, never got stopped in the mile or so we rocked. And that, that's just how he was. I mean, he was a lot of fun to be around, but sometimes the fun was, whoop, mercy, way out there. Uh, Hood, you said the uh, Bill and Buddy show. Uh, who, who's, whose idea was that? That was... I'll take the blame for that. And if you think, see, here's, well, there's the picture, same thing, too. Well, me and Lola, well, I said, Lola, you're on the wrong side. Move out. Well, you got 
and he said, no, this and this is the wrong side if you saw the picture. Oh, yeah. There it is up there. But anyway, but he did the same thing. If you pay attention to that, he's sitting under Bill and I'm sitting under Buddy with the name above it. I said, but that's your chair. No, man, no, no, that's your... So I just sat down, Buddy, Bill, he sat there. Nobody, for heels, nobody cared. Just the idea of it. Just the idea, yeah. Well, um, you remember a guy named Jack Hart? Jack Hart. Would have been yeah, his ladies. real name was, uh, he, he was from Canada, but he really wasn't a Hart. Yeah. And uh, I see you and, you and Lawler, late 80s, 87, 88, worked him and, and Chick Donovan for a spell. I would say that was Chick Donovan's, uh, well, he had been here before. Now, there's another spell. guy that should have went further than he did, but he broke his leg, remember? Yeah, um, again, I, I remember growing up, him being, losing twice a week on Georgia yeah. Championship Wrestling when TBS came and out. I brought him in here and pushed to Memphis. him. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, he's near, he had to go home. And what were your plans for with him? Because he did have the look. Right. Yeah. See how, how he got over him, and you, you, you just bring him in and... Push him and put him in the paddock and see what happens. Said, the booker decides what goes on yeah. there. And next. Yeah, and then, then he went back home and. Well, he blew his knee up. Yeah. And I think that was a kind of the end of him. The uh, I remember the the heart guy showing up here and there and just never, I'd never yeah. making anything anywhere else. Right. Just kind of disappeared. I, I don't know where the guy went. Bill, what is your favorite town over the year? I know favorites for different reasons, but overall, what's your favorite town to go to work? Well, I like to go to Tupelo every Friday night because it was co close coming into Memphis and you can do the thing. And it was They were very nice to me in Tupelo, Mississippi. The people were, and they bought a lot of pictures, they said. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was a good that, that way, and, and the people were very nice to me. And the people that run it were nice to me. Herman Sheffield and his wife, Jean, Eddie Marlin run it every Friday. So it, it was, to me, a good place to go. Good deal. There's Tupelo. Shout out to Tupelo, Mississippi. Bill, I'm used to uh, going places with you and so well loved and uh, thought of and uh, love the superstar and their memories. And my memories go back that way too, but uh, I guess I only thought that you were heels here and there, here and there, but the more and more footage that I see, uh, either there's a whole hell of a lot more footage of you being a heel or you were a heel more than I thought. And remembered. Well, yeah, but I was technically the baby face. I mean, it was just whatever we needed. Lawler would sometimes turn heel just because we needed one. And sometimes he'd want to stay baby face, so what I would do. So really, that was the main thing just get the spot filled. Because even but just like today, they weren't falling off a truck every day. I mean, you know what I mean? If the good talent was hard to come by, too. So Lala was a good heel. I think I was pretty good heel, so it worked both ways. Good guy, bad guy, but I'd rather be in the heel, but for a longevity, I think you're better off being the good guy. You know, Bill, on the uh, the Facebook group, uh, Superstar Bill Dundee, uh, more and more messages, oddly enough, the one item that people ask about is in those heel interviews when you would pull those big 
70s Elvis style glasses <laughs> off, and uh, they're clamoring for them. They're they're saying that they you know they want to pair them. They want they want to get that pair for Grandpa for Christmas. And uh, well, I just got to you, you, you I'd ask you. You see, water was singing in my offices on that crown on with the glasses on it. So, somebody's uh, uh somebody's uh. There's a lot of people out there thirsty for those glasses. They may well, just have to make an offer. Take a picture of that little thing and put it on Facebook and see if anybody's still interested. Because I have nothing that doesn't have a price on it. Whoa. Okay. We'll have to. Everything yeah. I got for sale. Wow. You heard it right there from Superstar. See, here's the thing. When I say everything's for sale, it's not like. Because I know what would happen when I go to the big arena in the sky, Jamie Dundee would come through here with a big Mack truck or whatever you would think it wouldn't take whatever he thinks and he would sell it. So I mean, they're mine, I paid for them, so I mean, and I love Jamie to death, but if anybody's going to sell them, it's going to be me. Okay, well, uh, be looking for Facebook or eBay and we'll have some superstar 70s style glasses. Yeah, the Elvis uh, one's the one he had, and the, the gold absolutely. ones. Absolutely, yeah. all right. Well, I don't know if they could afford them. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll find <laughs> I tell out. Tell everybody they're the ones Elvis had, right? Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. No, no, we're just joking, folks. No, but they are the ones that you uh, superstar would, had, yeah. would uh, sit in between. Lance would sit in between you and Lawler, and you'd yeah. cock back yeah. and that little smirky grin and zing a smart ass comment back. It was just all that and the, you know, yeah. But anyway, that was what it was all about back then. Oh, good deal. Can I say something? No, you can't say anything until I'm done talking. All right, you can say something now. I changed my mind. You can't say anything. We done whooped them all, brother. And if they lined them up now, we could do it again. If you took the road warriors, Jerry and I could whoop them. If you took the freebirds, Jerry and I could whoop them. If you took the rock and roll express, Jerry and I could whoop them. We whooped Joe LaDuke, Jean-Louis, the Valiant Brothers. We done whooped them all. We could beat the fabulous ones. We could beat the sheep herders. We could whoop everybody, brother. Now, I know some people say, well, he's bragging today. He's all fired up. Yeah, but if you've got something good, you tell the peoples, brother. The king and the superstar, when they're on, Jack, they're the best there is. And that's all I got to say. All right, if you're all out there and you're looking for a new roof, why don't you give Baker Roofing a call at 901-574-7775. And if you call that number, tell them the superstar told you to call, you'll get 10% off your new roof. Really what you had planned for 2019 is taking some uh, hand-picked chosen students and doing what you do best, and that's trade that information and pass that, that along to the next generation Got a contest coming up. They can go to the YouTube uh, Superstar Build Undy channel, and there's a few clips on there that gives information to send a video if you're already working or an essay of why you want to get into wrestling. And then that's going to be reviewed by um, uh, a, uh, a couple of uh, wrestling's greatest minds, hand select those and pass them along to Build Undy. Now that's where you come in, Bill. You're going to take a look at it, whoever steps out to you. You're going to offer them an opportunity to enter the Superstar Bill Dundee School of Wrestling. Um, yeah, now, here's the thing with there used to be wrestling, what could you say, 30, 30 of them all over America. I know it ain't that today. Most people shoot for Vince, but there's still people that run wrestling shows like, I mean, the, what we do on a Saturday and a Friday night, they're still around. And that's where you start. So any young kid that has a video sends in, like you said, pick them out, and if, uh, if we could take them to our wrestling school and teach them 
Now, psychology is the thing of this business. Well, That's what people ain't teaching today. These days, most people do a slam bam, uh, take your money, show you a couple moves, and put you on the main event, ready to roll. And that's what's you know kind of gone off the tracks. Right now, what you're going to give them are, are the fundamentals, the basics of the moves, but you are going to move more into the psychology and the reasoning the, of why the hell you're right. doing this. And the, that's you know. the main thing. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? I mean, just I mean, the bear can wrestle, but it can't think. So that's what you. This is this. You know, you, the, the psychology is what makes this work. And. Um, it's not going to be an overnight deal, though. They're going to have to earn their old stripes now. There's right. not as many opportunities to work like in the old territory right. days, but that's no reason to shortcut their training. No, I mean, and if somebody doesn't teach you, you don't learn. It's like when you're driving a car. I mean, you, you can get behind the wheel of a car when you're 15, but if nobody's showing you what to do, take a while. You'll probably run off in the ditch a time or two. Now, uh, there's information on that uh, channel on YouTube, the uh, Superstar Build ID channel. But also in Facebook, the next day or two, there's going to be uh, information posted on the Superstar Build ND Facebook group with uh, more details about where... Thanks, bye!